You are about to enter a new dimension of experience. You will venture to a place beyond imagination, where both space and time deform into grotesque realities. To a bizarre universe where fantasy and nightmare challenge your sanity. Here, only the strong survive. I'm Kyle Wall. Hello? Hello? I'm not yelling. Hello? 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 Sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds real yeah, good. Yeah, sounds really good. Gotcha. Oh, I want... Alright, I want to open with this. Yeah. Is that ringing in the song? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to figure out how to get here. Closer to the mic. There we go. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit or I will permit it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Wow. Frank Herbert. That's from Dune. I've never read Dune. Nah, me neither. I've never even watched Dune. Same, bro. Um, but I've heard that quote before. And uh, I just felt like opening the show with that. Yeah. Cause fe- fear really is the mind killer. That's the thing that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that's kind of a... Um, one of the motivations, motivating forces between a lot of the bullshit that we have to deal with in our life or a lot of the problems that we face. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because fear, fear is limiting on the mind. Mm -hmm. Right? When you're afraid, you don't see as many options available. Yeah. Um, Even when they're, they're there. Fear, it's the mind killer. It blinds you. Mm-hmm. To what's really going on, because uh, you know your fear can create problems where there are none. Yeah, it's the power of the human mind. It's the mm-hmm. double-edged sword of this brain of ours. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it can manifest these problems that don't actually exist. Yeah, dude, it's pretty fucked. Yep. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's I'm not yelling with Kyle Wall. Um, Joining me this week is my brother, Evan Wall. Howdy. You might know him from the Wall Brothers Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Kings of King of Queens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or maybe Twitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's joining me today to talk about something that we talked a little bit about on the Power Hour this yeah. past Monday. Yeah, that was a great... Great show. It was a good. <laughs> we got into quite a discussion there at the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. I thought it was going to end up ending the show early because I was like, you know, my brain was fried because we mm-hmm. did done another late night Kings of King of Queens recording. Yeah, but like we got into it there at the end. Yeah, we really got into it. 
And uh, the thing that we got into. I'm just going to jump off from that thing we got into. Yeah. I've got yeah. this article here uh, about the internet has turned mental health into a subculture. Uh, so I'm going to try and read some ex- excerpts from this. Yeah. It's a pretty long article. Um I'll have it in my show notes. I've been posting the show notes onto my Space Hay blog. Oh, nice. Blog.spacehay.com slash Kyle Wall. Like the transcript of the episode? Not the transcript, just like, just the list of news articles that I referenced or tweets or anything that I referenced during the show. Because, um, nice. you know, I'm not reading the whole article. Yeah. Um, let's see. It's, it's a, uh, uh, so this person, Rebecca Jennings, they talk about TikTok and how, um, like, the algorithm will, like, figure out that people people that are, like, ADHD mm-hmm. or, like, you know, in the vicinity they're in and yeah. will serve up all this content about, like, um, uh, let's see, from the article. <clears throat> Videos would show up on your For You page with captions like, Hidden Signs, Your ADHD... And what my ADHD brain feels like. Mm -hmm. And I'd roll my eyes because I knew what was coming. They'd reference common attributes of the modern mind. Difficulty focusing and difficulty switching tasks. Difficulty completing boring tasks and difficulty completing difficult tasks. Mm -hmm. And finish by saying, if you relate to this, congrats, you probably have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh... The article continues, the nebulous definition of ADHD and Big Pharma's push to diagnose and treat it has made the disorder's very existence the subject of intense cultural debate since before I was born. Um, were we overdiagnosing neurotypical brain functions? <laughs> were, were we over-medicating children who were simply acting like children? Was it all the healthcare industry's fault? This line of questioning is a touchy subject for plenty of people who have found meaning and identity and medical help from their diagnosis. It has also turned discussions around ADHD and psychological conditions with similar symptoms, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, autism spectrum disorder, into landmines capable of turning a good faith debate into an endless back and forth of ad hominem attacks. Yeah, so... It really gets into great detail about, um, and great depth about this issue in this article, um, which is nice to see. Yeah. I see a lot of my own thoughts of, of this reflected in this article. Um, and basically about, let's see, I'm going to try and jump down to the subculture section here. Let's see. Um, I gotta get printer ink because it's gonna be a lot easier <laughs> if I can print articles and then highlight. Yeah, and then I can like jump. What were you saying the good... other day about our printer? You were like, it seems like they've they've just stopped making the ink. That this yeah, printer uses. <laughs> that that yeah, it's true. It's it was it was the cheapest printer they had at Walmart, mm-hmm. and maybe that was for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because now it's like almost impossible for... <laughs> to find this ink. Um, and it runs out so quickly. Thanks a lot, Canon. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's see. I'm just going to keep reading here. Yeah. 
Because there's a lot. There's a lot to digest. Um, it's crazy how like this mic picks up everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, every little movement. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get proper. I got some rigged, some light stands rigged up as mic stands right now. So we're off the table, so we're not getting bumps we need and squeaks. We need our mics to like hang from the yeah. ceiling. So yeah, exactly. Like In a little shock mount, <laughs> so no vibrations hit it at all. Um, let's see. Uh, in the past, but in the past decade, as social media has forced billions of us to virtually bump into people we never would have otherwise, many of us have also found the need to categorize people into recognizable boxes. One way to do so is by seizing on common human behaviors to name gaslighting, emotional labor trauma, or emotional labor trauma, parasocial relationships, empath as a noun, then disseminating them until they cease to mean much at all. We end up treating mental illness like a subculture, because, with complete with its own vocabulary that only those who know who are only those in the know can use and weaponize. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so, like, in this pursuit of identity, right, Yeah. we're kind of, we grab on to any little thing that we can to differentiate ourselves from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, uh, um, <laughs> 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 my, my brain has stopped working. I can't think. I've been thinking about this all day, and yeah. now my, bre- my all my thoughts have gone right out of my head. Damn, bro. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very... Uh, I, I haven't come across an article that talks about stuff like that yet. Mm-hmm. Because all that... That's basically what we talked about on the yeah. Power Hour. Is like how everything that we personally see on the internet about like ADD, ADHD. Yeah. It's. I always see examples, and it's like the most common stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it seems like everyone has ADHD. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. They talk about this in the article, and we we talked about this on the other show. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there's. Um... <laughs> God damn it! Um... That Delta A got you fucked up, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the point of what we were saying is the oh yeah the over pathologizing of all of our behaviors that's what i'm talking about right mm-hmm. so like to a certain extent the dissemination of mental health information is helpful and useful mm-hmm. right the reason that it, this topic is so divisive because is because there are people with actual issues who have learned things about themselves because of this dissemination of information Mm-hmm. And have, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's that thing of like finally finding some answers and some illumination and it's like freeing and like it's like a breath of fresh air, right? And and so that discovery of information through these means was so meaningful to them mm-hmm. that they end up kind of defending its very existence to the death, right? Mm-hmm. With their very soul. Yeah. Right? Because from their point of view... This they, is my thing! They would have never <laughs> learned about it if it weren't discriminated or disseminated so haphazardly. Uh-huh. Right? But the other side of the argument is that... I mean, and this is really my side of the argument personally, mm-hmm. is that... Okay, so just because 
something does some good in spite of itself mm-hmm. doesn't really justify its existence or practice. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, a lot of good can come from a lot of things on accident, but that doesn't justify the thing that happened that led to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's like, yes, the dissemination is important, but the context is also greatly important mm-hmm. or some sort of asterisk. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, this is like people just at least putting the putting it in the context of themselves and their own experience instead of being prescriptive and just projecting onto the world where it's like, oh, this thing means this to me, then it must also mean that to everyone else mm-hmm. or at least the majority of people or most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it touched... Um, this article also touches on this next thing that I was going to bring up. There's a term for... Oh, here it is. Tech... Um, mm-hmm, all right, it sucks is the prevailing theory about the internet now. And this is not wrong. There are all kinds of guesses as to why it might be. Um, I'm just going to jump down to the one I want to reference here. Mm-hmm. Tech journalist Charlie Warzel says it's because of platform-enabled context collapse. So this is a concept that I definitely thought about, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's the it's the headline effect, right? Like, how many people do you interact with who tell you about articles that they've read online who have actually read them, mm-hmm. right? I'm certainly b- bad about that. I'll yeah. see a headline and just be and just be like, oh, assume all the rest of the parts of it, mm-hmm. not read it, and just accept whatever my assumptions are about that headline as truth, and. This is a thing I'm learning now has a term. There's a term for it. Platform-enabled context collapse. Or it's taking small pieces of information out of larger pieces of information, mm-hmm. placing them outside of context, and, and uh, you know, people just ingesting that. Yeah, dude, it's fucked up. Without really looking further into it. Um, but, yeah, the other thing about it, the, the other side to this, too, is, like, Okay, it seems like maybe not the best idea to like beat these terms to death, basically, mm-hmm. and kind of strip them of all meaning by just, you know, using them for everything, right? Like disassociate is a thing yeah. that is like beaten to death. Where there's a what led me to this uh-huh. is this thing I saw about uh, equating reading a lot as a child um, as a form of disassociation, which is like, let's see. Yeah. Uh, On August 26th, this is from the article, a woman posted a TikTok suggesting that excessive reading in childhood was was considered a disassociative behavior. Um, Yeah, and then someone took that and posted it on Twitter, and that's where they got up. Right on TikTok, it's all the mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh wow!" Right? It's like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" Yeah, damn. <laughs> and then someone they took it to Twitter, and then they got the backlash of yeah. like, of this kind of shit of like, uh, y'all are still absolutely battering any kind of meaning out meaning out of the word disassociation. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's valid, right? Maybe excessive reading is a can like be uh how do they how do they phrase this 
uh, yeah, excessive reading could be considered disassociative, right? But surely that can't always be the case. Yeah. The other thing that's lost in all this in all this discussion, and what you lose when these terms are reduced to just labels on a person's like, like personality mm-hmm. right they're like nascar jumpsuit of personality with all the labels all over it <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> yeah part of the thing one of the things that you lose is the nuance uh-huh. because everyone's striving for absolute terms and and so and it's there's nothing wrong with sometimes something meaning something and sometimes it not meaning that mm-hmm. right like both things can be true why do we why is it so necessary that every possible example of diso- disassociation mm-hmm. is as such, right? Like yeah. maybe it is, maybe it isn't. F- further, you know, information is needed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like these things are only inf- are only useful as like clues to something else, right? Like if you exhibit this type of behavior, maybe talk to a doctor. Yeah. Maybe do some more reading because it could be an indicator of this, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it is, right? Like definitive statements. Yeah. yeah. We're losing the nuance. Yeah, dude. Um, and uh, <laughs> what's the guy got to do for some nuance around here? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and then and the other, other side to this. Mm-hmm. Is the thing is kind of the same thing as the nuance where it's like uh, maybe it seems like everyone has ADHD or some sort of attention deficit problem because we do at this point in our society in mass mm-hmm. all do have attention deficit problems yeah. because of the way that our culture is oriented and, and how media is presented to us. Right, and how companies choose to profit off of us is by mm-hmm. keeping us distracted, basically. Yep, yep. A lot of quick cuts, flashing colors, yeah. loud sounds, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, it's like, uh, you know, jingling your keys in front of a baby. That's all. That's we're, mm-hmm. We haven't actually advanced beyond that. Mm-hmm. There's just more advanced sets of keys being jingled in front of our faces. Damn, bro. <laughs> Damn. So, like... There's like a, f- there's like several different things that are possibly going on, mm-hmm. and that's totally normal and natural. Yeah, right. Dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Maybe you have attention issues. Maybe you don't. Some of us do. Maybe a lot of us do. This is just questions. This is questions. Yeah. Why can't we? Why can't we just ask questions? Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. don't have to have the answers. <laughs> questions can just lead to other questions. Uh huh. Uh huh. And maybe you learn something, maybe you don't. I don't know. What the hell else are we doing here? Yeah. Why do we have to figure it all out? Isn't part of the fun the journey? Mm-hmm. The figuring out is, is the fun part. Why are we trying to take the fun out of it? It's... Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Uh, and then the other, other, other thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is like alongside this pathologizing of basic human behavior is this other cry of like, do I even have a personality? 
mm-hmm. is everything I do a trauma response? Mm-hmm. Am I even really a person? <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah. How, how else? How else does a human being learn to behave? Yeah. Other than in to, in reaction to them to their circumstances and the situations that that they face throughout their life. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, man. There's nothing else we can do but learn from what we've experienced. Right. And it's like obviously we've learned that certain aspects of this survival mechanism called our brain mm-hmm. are not like super productive or helpful right like we have the awareness to recognize that even though part of our brain like is wired to re- like recognize every situation after a certain one as similar and like go back to that routing process mm-hmm. you know like we know that that's not actually sometimes it can be helpful sometimes it's not and we have enough of an awareness to break ourselves out of that, mm-hmm. right? But just because sometimes we do need to break the routine doesn't mean it's bad that it exists in the first place. Mm. Sometimes it can be helpful. Sometimes it's not. Again, we have the nuance. Why does it have to be all or nothing? Why can't everything just be a little bit of anything? Yeah. It's like makes me think of the like people that talk about love. Like we had this coworker who and she would say that love is a, a neurochemical con job, right? Jeez. These people that are like, oh, love doesn't exist. It's just chemicals in your brain, man. Jeez. <laughs> okay, if it weren't for the chemicals in the brain, in your brain doing things, mm-hmm. how the fuck would you ever feel anything? Yeah. <laughs> I thought the chemicals were there to create the emotions, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Love is not a trick on your brain. Through chemicals, you feel love, you know love through mm-hmm. your, your chemical reactions. Mm-hmm. You Boom! know, <laughs> it's just, it seems just like the brain at work, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird to me that as we discover new things about the brain, there's also this push to d- decide if those new things are good or bad. Mm hmm. But it's like they just are, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they just are, man. Uh-huh. Let's see. From the article. Consume too much of the mental health internet and it becomes difficult to even understand what anyone is saying. There, quote, there is no strict frontier between what is pathological and what is not, explains Joel Billahue. Joel Billahue. Joel. Joe, Joel. He's got a <laughs> umlaut over the E there. Umlaut. Uh, a professor of clinical psychology and psych- psychopathology at the University of somewhere in Switzerland. Anyway, quote, it's the way people live them, mental health conditions, and the meaning they give to them, which could result in psychological suffering or difficulties, right? See, here's the other problem, mm-hmm. is what if you misidentify something within yourself, yeah. and then if you believe that you have that problem, then you will, your brain will manifest it. Yeah. It will just create it. If you see a problem there, yeah. there will be a problem. Yeah, dude, fucking like ladies that 
convince themselves they're pregnant and then they get like pregnancy yeah. bellies. Yeah. There's nothing in there. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, fuck? what, what is that called? Um, hy- hysterical pregnancy. It's a real phenomenon. Shadow birth. Yeah. Shadow it's a real baby. fucking thing. That's the power of the mind. The power of the mind. The other frustrating. That's the other frustrating part about this is that all these TikTok dinglings think that <laughs> they have the. They have the capacity to understand their own mind, mm-hmm. or they think they understand its limitations, or they yeah. feel like it's like beneath them, or you know what I mean? Like it's they are in control of it. I got a big surprise for you guys. Most of us, our brain is more in control of ourselves than our actual conscious selves. Yeah, dude, that's wild. Yeah, and it is far vastly more powerful than we could ever fucking imagine. Because, like, you know, you fall into old habits and patterns without even realizing mm-hmm. it until after the fact. Right. Your brain is a set up to keep you alive in absence of your consciousness already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those systems are always running unless you intervene. That's crazy, bro. So you're, there's a lot of shit happening. I'm not even in control here. My brain is. Not as much as you might think. Yeah. Shit, dude. And... um. You know, that, that's not a thing to fear, though, right? That's one of those things that's I trust like, my brain. You just got to recognize it. Just yeah. know that, like... It takes more pressure off... Takes uh, less, <laughs> more pressure off of me. <laughs> right? Well, that's true, though. That's 100% true, right? Yeah. Like, the, the phenomenon, of, phenomenon of intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people assume, or, you know, some people assume, I know yeah. I used to, yeah. that every thought that occurs in your head belongs to you and mm-hmm. says something about you. Yeah. Not true. Sometimes yeah, thoughts can just happen randomly. It's yeah. called intrusive thoughts. They don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You watch them float away. You know, unless <laughs> yeah. you grab onto it, it doesn't mean anything yeah. until you grab it and put yeah. it in a jar, right? Yeah. Put a label on it. Then mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. But if it's just floating up in the air, mm-hmm. you know, just let it go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just the no- the knowledge of limitations or knowing that there are unknowns is, I believe, and I think a lot of people do. You know, I'm yeah. not unique in believing this, but yeah. <laughs> the knowing that there are things unknown is more powerful than knowing. Yeah. Because most of the things that are known are still kind of ultimately unknown, yeah. right? I try to go about my day assuming nothing I know <laughs> is true, basically, right? It's not... <laughs> You got to work from your assumptions and your learned like experience, right? You have yeah. things that you think might happen, but you only think that. Mm-hmm. You know, until the thing actually happens, it's not real. Yeah, damn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, you know, I've heard that the brain is even, you know, I don't want to get into. Uh, I'm not giving any med- medical advice here. I don't make mm-hmm. that. Absolutely clear, mm-hmm. but I've heard about cases in which the brain has repaired its own nerve, the body's own nerve damage, basically, Damn. where like you have nerve damage in one arm, and mm-hmm. then they put the the non damaged arm in a sling, mm-hmm. and out of necessity, the the brain will rebuild those nerve endings in your arm. Damn, this is a thing that I've heard. I don't have any evidence <laughs> to back it up, but it's, I believe it. Yeah. I personally believe it. Yeah, because like, if someone shows me evidence to the contrary, then I will change my belief. But it seems plausible, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Let's see if there's anything else I wanted to highlight real quick. Um, 
Oh, yeah, it kind of touches on this other thing where it's like all this like over pathologizing feels like way more pronounced or it's like more it's it's like a phenomenon mm-hmm. because of the fact that we're like more isolated from each other. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people have been forced into a position where they have to think about themselves when they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. And, uh, having not had the predisposition to be introspective nor the tools to really understand their own thoughts or feelings, you know, they look to the external world to, uh, to provide meaning to what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hence mental health as a subculture, you know? And, uh, I think it's, I think, I think it's, I would label it as net negative. I think it's mostly a bad thing to treat mental health as a subculture because then, it subcultures are like inherently exclusionary of like other things, right? Like mm-hmm. gatekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna gatekeep mental health now. <laughs> That's, that doesn't sound like a good thing to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Fucking. Uh... <sighs> oh, here's here's an interesting part of this. It's difficult to talk about this sort of discord or discursive overreach, uh, talking about the overpathologizing mm-hmm. of behavior. It's difficult to talk about this sort of discursive overreach without sounding like a far right reactionary. Indeed, criticisms of overpathologization <laughs> have come from conservatives who argue that. To generalize, it's all just a bunch of self-obsessed liberal snowflake eggheads. Quote, (laughs) one of the biggest problems is that the far right has correctly identified that this is happening, that the discourse and identity policing has gotten out of control. Uh, Someone said, someone named Moskowitz said that. Uh, To the point where it becomes hard for others to push back against it without sounding as though you're you're siding with an ideology they don't adhere to. There needs to be a strong leftist stance of we're not going to do this identity pathology policing thing anymore, but that doesn't make us reactionaries. This is definitely a thing that I've considered, right? It Mm -hmm. becomes hard. It's very difficult to push back against the overpathologizing because then the assumption is that you're a far right guy because Uh they're the ones who bitch and moan about it the most. Yeah, dude. But they're, they're only right in identifying that something is happening. I think the, what they identify as happening is incorrect and short sighted. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's another little angle to this that kind of makes things hard to talk about general reactionary nature of people in our culture right now makes it very difficult to have like reasoned discourse yeah um that's definitely a thing that people on the right kind of weaponize Mm -hmm. um or well this is kind of a complicated thought i'm not even sure how to say it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) wow (laughs) um well, no, yeah, it's not weaponized by the right. It's weaponized by people on the left against other people on the left who want to just talk about things. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Because then it's like, oh, no, like, you're giving them legitimacy, you know, to even discuss the ideas. 
which I get. It's more of an issue of platforming. Like if you have them on your, you know, cable news TV show, mm-hmm. that's questionable. But uh, you talk to a person in face to face, like not on TV or on the internet, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. How else do you learn without uh-huh. talking to people? Yeah. But um. Yeah, I don't know, man. All this shit's fucking hard, fucking weird. Everyone wants to be right. Everyone wants to have to. Everyone's trying to have some kind of high horse. Yeah, dude. I don't fucking. I don't have any desire to be in any sort of in discourse. <laughs> I ain't got no high horses. Yeah. I don't care about being right. I'm just yeah. fucking chilling, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Everyone I mean, just needs to chill out. Yeah, it's like. And it's it, like fucking it's like it's bizarre because like at the same so like I feel like these are going on at the same time like there's so much preaching of like you know acceptance of one another mm-hmm. and stuff like that but at the same time um like um god damn what's the <laughs> word being like um well, like gatekeeping? Um, no. Or like... Fucking... God damn it, you said this word earlier. <laughs> Just like everyone trying to feel special like they have their own mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that called? What, subculture? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Identity? Label? Identity, um... <sighs> Fuck. It's like with a D, I think, maybe? <laughs> Uh, Fucking. <laughs> well, anyway, finish your thought. You can you can summarize. I can't, I can't use it without the word. You can't you can't finish your thought without the word because the word is it's the perfect word. <laughs> it's like you know everyone, all the everyone you know trying to be unique is just. Even more divisive. Yeah, yeah, divisive. Yeah, is that the that's the word you're looking for, right? Well, no, I don't no? think so. There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of, you get what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. There's yeah, this is the main. This is my main complaint with the Democratic Party yeah. and the general like progressive movement right uh-huh. now is, and it's been this has been a problem for as long as I can remember, yeah. basically as long as I've lived and probably before that but the infighting right yeah and the like the 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 squabbling the petty squabbling over yeah. like messaging or like mm-hmm. words or phrases or like you know <laughs> yeah the infighting's insane basically everyone just needs to fucking not be so full of themselves well right no one basically can... what I'm talking about is how like you know like fucking there's a lot of like you know um self righteousness mm-hmm. that like you know like main character shit, oh yeah, people that think their main characters also mm-hmm. preaching it's like that are also being like super well, yeah. full of themselves, Everyone... but also not realizing that the main character shit mm-hmm. like is just even is just divisive in itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So they're like, yeah. they're like it contradicting you. themselves mm-hmm. with like their attitude and yeah. what they say. Everyone's on their own individual little crusade. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's no, like, no, we, we need to all work together. Yeah, everyone needs to be on the same crusade. You're preaching crusade, like, but you're on an individual crusade. You not realize. I understand why yeah. this sort of concept is difficult for a person to grapple with, though, because it's what it sounds like we're saying is just, it sounds like, what it sounds like we're saying is what we're saying, which is mm-hmm. like, just chill out, yeah. right? And people are like, oh, just chill out, just mm-hmm. chill out. You mean not worry about da 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 No, yeah. that's not actually what I'm saying. Yeah. We're talking about chill out, like, with your fucking ego, mm-hmm. right? And, like, hum- like, fucking humble yourself. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't fight for the things that you believe in, mm-hmm. but check yourself on what those things are and why you believe them. Mm-hmm. Do you believe them because you actually want to help people, or do you believe them because it makes you feel special, it makes you feel important, or makes mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, just fucking humble yourself, man. Know that there is so much more out there that you don't know. Yeah, and that's true for all of us, mm-hmm. right? I think some people take issue with that sort of message because they it's that over personification they're they're personalizing what I'm saying right they're taking what I'm saying as directly to them mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you specifically and only you need to chill the fuck out no I'm saying every if every single person on the planet mm-hmm. could pull their head out of their ass mm-hmm. and chill out we all need to do it, not one side or the yeah. other. Everybody. I'm yeah. saying everybody should do this. Yeah. Everybody can live how they see fit while also not assuming that their lifestyle constitutes absolute truth or righteousness. Mm-hmm. And therefore, be open to one another and open to learning. Because I believe if we just prioritized ourselves and each other, mm-hmm. right, collectively, like ourselves as everyone, mm-hmm. then it kind of all works itself out. If the yeah. thing that we're all worried about is taking care of each other and surviving and taking care of our environment and the planet, if that's the actual goal in mind and is maintained as such, then you don't really have any problems, mm-hmm. right? The problem comes with the obfuscation yeah. of the goal or the goal moves from the message to the maintenance of the medium, right? Mm-hmm. Like churches, right? They get off track because they start looking at the balance. They're looking at the fucking <laughs> checkbook. Uh-huh. And they're like, we got to make sure we have enough money to do church. No. Yeah. You, have you not, if you, if that's what you believe, then you've never actually read the Bible yeah. because church is not a building, mm-hmm. right? Church is not an organization. Church is people. You mm-hmm. can have church fucking anywhere. That's the point of like community. Yeah. Like, the community of church is people. People make the church, not the building. Not yeah. the fucking projectors or the cameras <laughs> or the fucking lights or the electric guitars yeah. or the stupid fucking drum set, mm-hmm. right? Or the fucking pastor's complicated shoes. <laughs> That's not church. Yeah. Church is people. Yeah. You know? Like... And you take that, you apply it to everything, right? Because then that's the problem with the government, right? We're like, oh, we have to maintain the institution in order to take care of of each other and take Mm -hmm. care of everything. So then maintenance of the institution becomes the goal instead of the actual goal, which is taking care of people. Like, no, we can take care of people without anything. We don't need a government to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. You just have have to have the intention. Yeah. It just takes the desire, the will to do it. Yeah, dude. 
Seems pretty simple to me. Yeah. But what do I know? <laughs> I'm just some ding dong on the radio. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Yeah, I gotta take a leak. We're gonna do some uh, business. <laughs> and uh, some funny business. <laughs> we're gonna listen to some music right now. Enter the cosmic portal. You're listening to I'm Not Yelling with Kyle Wall and Entropy FM. With me this week is my brother, Evan. What a surprise. What a shock. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Evan's here to talk about shit. I was looking at this article a little bit more that I referenced that we were talking about in the last segment. Mm -hmm. Um, And another, like, another consequence of the, like, subculturification mm-hmm. of mental disorders is that uh you know within capitalism the way it operates right yeah is when there a subculture arises it's usually counterculture in some way right mm-hmm. and at first the culture ridicules it as silly juvenile pointless and then the borg of capitalism co-ops it Turns it into products, a la Urban Outfitters, yeah, and the the uh, co-option of hipsterism <laughs> and punk mm-hmm. and hippie culture, yeah, and everything, hip hop, rap mm-hmm. culture, black culture, right? Mm-hmm. First, it's ridiculed, yep. and then it's brought into the fold, and it's like, oh, this is cool now. You can <laughs> buy this. You can buy your hip hop T-shirts at Target, <laughs> right? We got shirts with Biggie on them at Target, (laughs) Nirvana, at Walmart, right? This is another thing that can happen. Um, I've lost my fucking place. Uh, Um, Yeah, treating mental illness like subculture, though, can have unintended consequences. Just a few days ago, I was served a TikTok ad for a direct-to-consumer startup Centered on delivering cutely branded ADHD medicine to your door. Was this an ad targeted to me based on what TikTok assumes? Or was this (laughs) sent out to the general public implying that there are enough people on TikTok who have or think they have ADHD to make the ad a worthwhile investment? Yeah, dude, this is, what if this is all just a big mm-hmm. ploy by big pharma to sell Adderall? Well, see, that, whether or not it, whether or not it was, that's what it will turn into, <laughs> yeah. 100%. We gotta get everyone to think they have ADHD. Yeah, that's how capitalism operates. Uh-huh. You know, it creates the problem, and then it fills the need. Capitalism created this attention deficit problem, and now it's making more money off of us. Mm-hmm. It continues to make money off of us. It's fucked up, man. So that's the other thing you gotta watch out for is, you know, there 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 may well be a lot of well intentioned people out there, but uh you gotta watch out for the uh the con artists, you know. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch out mm-hmm. for those motherfuckers. Snake oil salesmen. Fuck dude. Um I'm gonna in the in in the uh small chance that there's actually anyone listening live who wants to talk to us about this topic or anything else we're about to talk to. The phone lines are open. 512-522-4646. Call, call in now. Call in right now. Are you listening? Call in right now. 
Um, first article on the docket here. Um, conservative media. Let's see. Where is this from? It's from theweek.com. Ryan Cooper. Conservative media is killing Republican voters the party can ill afford to lose. I was talking, I talked about this on the very first episode of this show mm-hmm. as uh, something that I saw as happening, and here it is. Here it is. Mm-hmm. This article is from October 4th. Just this Monday, this was written and published. You know, we're on the cutting edge here. I yep. I'm not yelling. The wall, wall and wall industries, we're the wall compound. In. We're tapped in. We're on the cutting edge. Okay. We're tapped in. And let's see. We were drinking Casamigos way before anyone got on that wave. That's right. Uh, COVID-19 hasn't disappeared. This is from the article. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 hasn't disappeared in blue states like California and New York, but places that have managed to surpass 65% vaccination are in a better position than red states like West Virginia, Idaho, or Wyoming, where hospitals are overrun with unvaccinated COVID-19 patients. Let's see. Idaho's COVID death rate last week was seven times that of New York State. Can you believe that? That's insane. Uh, Even at the county level, as David Leonhardt shows at the New York Times, there's a marked partisan bias. Republican counties in blue states have vastly more cases and deaths on average, while Democratic counties in red states are faring better than their neighbors. A primary reason for this disparity is how right, right-wing media has come out hard against COVID vaccines, from pundits on Fox News to the gutters of Trumpist Facebook. Anti-vaccine misinformation is everywhere. As a result, vaccine rates are starkly partisan. Many Republicans aren't getting vaccinated, and a lot of them are dying. Wow. Rejecting the vaccines is costing the GOP votes it can ill afford to lose. So there it is, folks. Called this three weeks ago. Probably wasn't hard for anyone to see, though. If you're actually if you're paying attention to the news, yeah. I've you've been I've been seeing I was seeing before this art little articles drips and drabs here about specific people mm-hmm. who were Republicans who lost loved ones. There's that article about the woman in Florida who was being hops- hospitalized for COVID, came home, and her husband was dead from COVID. There's even a commercial now. Mm-hmm. There's a commercial for it where this woman is talk is talking about her dad, her parents who died because they didn't get the vaccine, mm-hmm. and that on their deathbed, her mother was like, "Should have got that vaccine." <laughs> God, dude. They don't care about you guys. Yeah. If any, if anyone ever listens to this who is a re- Republican in any way whatsoever, mm-hmm. they don't care about you. Okay, they don't care. Fox News requires its employees to be vaccinated. <laughs> uh-huh. Tucker Carlson is vaccinated. Sean Hannity is vaccinated. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's fucked. They're doing one thing and preaching another. If they're going to stand there and tell you not to get it, why would they get it themselves? What kind of game is that? Mm-hmm. You know? And you just know like these numbers like this, that there's more Republican deaths than Democratic deaths. That's you know that shit is getting picked up by the QAnon, like Trump conspiracy train. 
where it's like, no, 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 it's uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, it's a ploy. They're they're you know, it's all on purpose, man. Yeah, they're killing us off. The Democrats, <laughs> they're killing us off. How are they killing you off if you're not getting the vaccine? <laughs> How does that work? They they're offering it to you everyone freely. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They don't care, man. They don't fucking care. Yeah. Can't, you know. It's just, it's sad, too. Mm-hmm. So many people still carrying that flag for the Republican Party. And uh, it's a death cult, man. You know, I feel like I remember Rush Limbaugh specifically using the death cult phrase to describe the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. But, um... I don't really see anyone on the blue side of politics trying to kill as many people as the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just with this, but right, the gun laws, you know, and yeah. fucking the anti-abortion stuff will actually lead to more deaths. Yeah. Deaths of people with complications of, you know, illegal abortions or, or mm-hmm. people that, you know, health problems, dying childbirth. It's fucked up, man. They yeah. uh, they really just seem to be anti-human. It's uh-huh. really strange. Like, like how could you how could you not how could you care so little about people? Like, what power is there to have if there's no one? That's the other thing. It seems it's completely like backwards. Mm-hmm. How do you have power if there's no people? You're just gonna yeah. let them all die? Then who who are you gonna roll over? R- rule over? Who's gonna give you power? Whatever. Fucking whole Facebook thing is blowing up. I'm mm-hmm. seeing more and more stuff about people assuming that it's that it was deliberately done by Facebook to cover their tracks over some shit. And, yeah, uh, it seems that way. Yeah. This, um, I think this is a New Zealand. Is this New Zealand news? NZ Herald. I assume that's New Zealand. Yeah. Uh. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg loses $8.5 billion due to outage. Can you imagine? It was only a day, mm-hmm. practically. Like, not even two days. $8.5 billion. That's too much. Yeah. That's insane. No. Um, But yeah, this and this article is is also pointing out the convenient timing of this outage, and at the same time uh, as this uh, whistleblower, former Facebook product manager Francis Haugen, Hugen Haugen, H A U G E N. Uh, she revealed uh, was revealed on Sunday as the whistleblower who leaked. Da, 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 da. Yeah, the losses, the stock price slipped, yada yada. It's like if they le- it, the fact that they even were able to lose eight and a half billion dollars in a day shows that that was like meaningless amount of money to them, even still. Um, but yeah, the company it was a sixty minutes or interview. And, oh, she testified at a congressional hearing on Tuesday. Which one did the outage happen? I can't find a date here. 
Today's Wednesday. Right. Or it was yesterday. The outage was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. The outage was the same day as for congressional hearing. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. Very convenient timing. I got here. Oh, let's see. We got a report from the Lancet that more than half of police killings in the U.S. are under unreported, and Black Americans are most likely to experience fatal police violence. So we finally we've got finally got some concrete numbers to sh- to show to people yeah. about this disparity. Um, let's see the key items. Researchers compared data. Blah 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 blah. Databases. Yada yada found that the U.S. National Vital Statistics System underreported deaths from police violence by 55.5% between 1980 and 2018. Over the 40-year period, black Americans were estimated to be three and a half times more likely to die from police violence than white Americans. And uh, open-source databases should be better utilized to uh, improve reporting on fatal police violence. Etc. 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 Um, yeah, this is just a cool article because it's got some actual hard numbers finally. Because uh, it was kind of like hard, you know, when you would argue that with people, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, look at the arrest records, you know, it's not all, but it's the conviction records that you have to look at, and blah blah blah, and you can't trust police to actually report on themselves on these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. <sighs> Let's see here. Looking. If anybody's out there, you know, call in. 512. 522-4646. Um, oh, I bookmarked something on Twitter that I wanted to talk about. Pretty sure. Oh, uh, all four Kellogg cereal plants in the U.S. are on strike right now. Yeah, so no more like Kellogg that. for a while. We gotta get the Fruit Loops out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna look at the list here. We got All Brand, Bare Naked Granola, Club Crackers, Crispex, Frosted Mini Wheats, Morning Star. Oh, Kellogg owns. Oh, of course, Kellogg owns Morning Star, because fucking Kellogg was uh, Adventist. Oh. Didn't know that. Yeah, that was a drunk history. I didn't know that either. It was um, that's how, like cereal was created as like a vegetarian health food. Damn. Cornflakes for cereal. Frosted Flakes. Uh oh. Yeah, Special K. Oh, Rice Krispies. Man. Damn, dude. You got all the Kellogg's in here. Yeah. Turns out I'm a big Kellogg guy. I had no idea. Ego. Sheesh. Kellogg. Huh? Kellogg. Ego. Kellogg. Ego. I didn't know that was owned by Kellogg. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy world out there. It's a crazy, crazy world. You said it, man. Um. Dude. Just to, uh, I guess, dove to go back to our conversation in the last segment a little bit. Um. I would imagine another criticism of the "Hey, everybody, just chill out" mm-hmm. argument too is like. <laughs> Well, if everyone chills out, then how do we hold people accountable who do bad things? Uh-huh. Right? Or, you know, once you let your guard down, that's when the snakes come out. Right? Mm-hmm. Once you, uh... But the that's, that's part of the beauty of the whole everyone chill out thing. Yeah. Is like, part of the reason... Our culture has so many like nefarious types of characters to be wary of is because of the divisive and violent and selfish nature of our culture to begin with. Mm-hmm. We create the environment that facilitates such types of people to even exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if everyone's chilling out, then that would also have the additional effect of... All those people chilling out too, because again, everyone just chill out. Yeah, dude. It goes back to that old Jerry Springer adage: "Take care of yourself and each other." So true. That's all. That's all we really got to do, guys. It's all we really got to do. Yep. Um. Sort of on topic with that. Uh. A little post on Reddit that caught my eye. Someone asking about the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've definitely talked about this before. I've talked to you about this. About Alexander the Great's um, great library of all world knowledge from when he was conquering the world. And um, the thing that I had heard, and I think a thing a lot of people had heard, is that that library, it was in Egypt somewhere, and it burned down. And because there were, like, no copies, and they brought all the books and all the knowledge there from all over the world, there was, like, a detrimental loss to humanity. Mm-hmm. And, like, probably had made a lot, did a lot of damage in terms of our overall progress as a species. Yeah. And, uh... So yeah, someone asked about this on the history Reddit. Asked about that, like, did that act, did that actually like set humanity back? And uh, someone answered, saying that, uh, let's see, I'm just gonna read this whole comment here, I guess. Um. But well, all right. So basically, there there were actually multiple fires, and like none of them were like the destruction wasn't permanent, right? And it's not that it all just burned down one time. Like the actual fate of that library is completely unknown to us. And really, what that speaks to is that at some point, 
whoever was in charge. Like the thing that would have to happen at the library is the papyrus is going to deteriorate, right? So all mm-hmm. those books are going to like fall apart at some point. So really, what's necessary is that scribes have to be have to live there and like basically be constantly making copies of books that are falling apart. And it's not just the existence of this centralized information that's significant it's like a society's commitment to support these scribes to maintain the library and its knowledge so the fact that we don't know what happened to it says that at some point society decided it wasn't important anymore Mm -hmm. true damn and that's why it disappeared Mm -hmm. right and that's really the more telling thing Again, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, where intentions are really the most important thing, mm-hmm. and overall, because yeah. um, like, if you set if you set your goal to taking care of the most people that you can mm-hmm. with the resources that you have, how could that possibly go wrong, mm-hmm. right? If that is actually like your mission, right? It's like, oh, you know, we got to have the funds or the resources. Like, well, no, it's, you know, it's not like trying to, I'm not trying to be miracle workers here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to work inside of like realistic boundaries and work with what you have, right? We're not just trying to like pull shit out of our ass here. Mm -hmm. It's not, not trying to be impractical. Yeah. But like, if the goal is literally just to take care of each other, then how the fuck can it go wrong? You know? Mm hmm. Because implicit in taking care of each other is also that that humbling of yourself, right? Because the best way to take care of someone is to listen to them and let them ask. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how you take care of someone is taking care of them the in the way that in which they ask, mm-hmm. right? You don't like we've. I'm sure you know we've all experienced the like frustration of having someone dote on you. Right, and they're doing all this work. They're assuming all these things that you need, and that can get a little bit annoying because, you know, then you feel bad the person's doing all this shit for you, but they, you didn't even ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an overstepping of a boundary, right? It's not you don't assume what everyone needs. You ask, mm-hmm. you ask what a person needs, and then you help them in that way. You know, because again, it's you can't get on the high horse. Yeah. You're listening to I'm Not Yelling with Kyle Wall Special guest Evan Wall Once again no calls Not a surprise We're gonna move on To these last four songs And then uh, Head on down the old dusty trail (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to my brother Evan for being on the show earlier with me tonight. Now it's just you and me, folks. Closing it out. Closing thoughts. Um, The thing that was most interesting to me about, or what really caught my eye about that whole um, library of Alexandria um, information was, um, you know, it was kind of an angle on it that I had not really considered before. Um, 
I was just looking at the loss of the books as kind of the the main problem, right? Like just looking at the collected information and um, seeing that as the most significant part of it. Um, of course, not considering um, the actual implications of a library at that time, paper, you know, papyrus books out in the des in Egypt somewhere, right? And that the intentions of a society and the the commitment to maintenance of that knowledge is really what was most important there. Um, because, of course, knowledge in and of itself does not necessarily constitute or lead to good, right? Just the accumulation of knowledge, just knowing things is not really the answer or the way, right? Because you can always learn what you don't know. But it's how you approach life that really counts. And, you know, um, you know, it makes me wonder about what our society is committed to. Right? What are our intentions? What are the things that we actually see as valuable? Um, I think there's a lot of disparity between... Um, our expressed values and um, our actions. This is, I think, what leads to, or what has led to a lot of the disillusionment of my generation and younger generations. My generation in particular seems to be like a uh, an epidemic of anxiety problems, right? Generalized anxiety. And I think that, you know, is due to this disillusionment that we all kind of suffered because we were, uh, you know, given this sort of rosy picture of the world that good always wins in the end and, uh, you know, things always work out for the best and to look for the best in other people and that they will look for the best in you, the golden rule and such. But then when you get older you kind of realize that none of that really rings true, right? Uh, mostly people seem to assume the worst in each other all the time, right? Everyone's suspicious. Everyone's worried about getting worked over, fucking taken advantage of by someone else, by just any random person, right? It's always like wondering, like, you know, what's... What what's this really about, right? Like like the distru the distrust of like homeless people, right? It's kind of a microcosm of that, where it's like, oh, what are they really gonna spend that on? It's like, well, what were you gonna spend it on? You know, is but I digress. Um, and just the whole idea of the moral universe and that good always wins out in the end. That's really, I see that more as a propaganda tool. Uh, that's used by established powers to uh, make their population passive. If you don't have to actually do anything for there to be justice in the world, then then why would you? Why would you care to make an effort in any way if you're taught that what is best will always be 
But that's, you know, that's a problem you have with the whole concept of the winners writing history, right? The people that win, whether or not it is for the best or not, they see it as the best. So then they get to call it the best. But no, I don't I don't believe in a moral universe, you know? I uh, the only thing I really believe in is uh, that the only true constant is change. And there's always more unknown than there is known. And um I think if you approach any given situation with an open mind and an open heart, you know, it'll work out however it works out. You know, I don't really believe in fate or destiny either, you know, like it's all we we manifest our reality. We manifest our fate. It's uh you know, through your intentions, through your principles, through your actions. The energy you the energy you sow is the energy you reap. And I don't even really believe that in like a cosmic sense, you know. I think I talked about it on the first episode with my lovely wife Chelsea. Um and uh you know, it's uh, to those people that say, you know, there's just not enough money, right? That's the cry. That's the, that's the complaint. How are we going to pay for all these things? How are we going to pay? How are we going to pay? Where's the money going to come from? Well, here's an idea where the money might come from. Um, I'm looking at an article from CBS News saying the richest Americans fail to pay $163 billion in taxes. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe there's a start. The top 1% of Americans are avoiding paying an estimated $163 billion in taxes a year, according to the Treasury Department. That is pushing the estimated tax gap, the amount of money owed by taxpayers that isn't collected, to nearly around $600 billion annually and to approximately $7 trillion in lost revenue over the next decade, the Treasury Department finds. Uh... Now, of course, there was recently something passed that uh, cut the funding to the IRS. Biden, and as a result, the IRS is deprioritizing wealthy tax evaders, right? Because the taxes of the wealthy are so complicated that it would take too many man hours, right? It would cost too much to have to have that be their sole focus, their primary focus, right? Of course, of course, right? This is all, this is all by design, right? Nothing happens by accident, right? The budget's cut, therefore the focus has to be changed away from the wealthy so they can continue to slip through the cracks, and basically play a big game of Monopoly on the whole globe. And um, so the IRS then has to reprioritize to uh, the lower classes, the poor, right? Because poor people have simple taxes. So guess where they're going to try and make up that $163 billion is uh, amongst the poor, as always. Um, and uh, that's just really fucking bullshit, man. And, uh, you know, I don't want to hear about where the money's going to come from. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of money to slip into the cracks. Not to mention, 
you know, an infinitesimal, like, tiny fucking ass amount of the military budget of this country could, like, feed the whole world. So, like, let's not even get into it. Uh, you know, we can't, we can't trust institutions, folks. That's, that's one of my main themes. We can't trust institutions. If we want, you know, to care for each other, we have to do that. And, uh, you know, if we're going to connect ourselves in such a way, in, in such a large society, you know, then we have to use the uh, the institutions to do that. We have to uh, hold them accountable, you know. Government doesn't care about you guys. It doesn't. It doesn't care about any of us. So what do we have to do? What do we have to do? We have to take care of ourselves and each other. That's all there is. At the end of the day, that's all there is. And, you know, it's simple and it's complicated. But, um, you know, try to live that. I try to live that every day. I think that's going to be it for me, folks. I'm wrapping it up right now. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Evan. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at the Juicy Papa. EvanWall.biz is his website. Thank you to Hot Mom of Austin, Texas for letting me use their song White as the theme song. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Kyle Wall. My website is KyleWall.biz. Uh, you can also find me on Space Hay, which is a fun alternative to other social networks. Spacehay.com slash Kyle Wall. And uh, I'll see you all here next week for another edition of I'm Not Yelling. And uh, yeah, just remember, take care of yourself and each other. <laughs>